BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome into Stacking at the Box podcast. I am Sterling Holmes, joined by Ian McMillan. He's got a wonderful mustache. Again, it is for a great cause. Make sure you go to his page and donate. Come on now. Don't you care about men's health? Look at that stash he is rocking. I'm also rocking one. Uh, together, we look like we are 40-year-old uh, finance guys, maybe, maybe accountants. Uh, he's got a nice little quarter zip on with that stash. Ian, you were looking good over there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, Sterling. It might look good today. I don't sound good, though. Uh, I am in the fan-sided office today. I forgot my fancy microphone, so we're using AirPod microphones. It's 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 been a tough one today, but we're, we're going to battle through, uh, and we're going to get through, and hopefully uh, my picks are a little bit better than last week. Sterling, your picks, unbelievable. Giants upset winner. Oh, yeah, baby. We're on a heater. We're on a heater. Too bad I can't actually bet when I do well. I only bet when I do bad. It's a thing mm. I do. So I've stopped betting. And now, of course, my numbers have gone up. But if y'all are out there and want to bet, Stack in the Box is partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to $100. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. All right, let's get into it. Winners and losers. Of course, we will talk about the big game last night, the Eagles coming back to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with the biggest winner. Ian, let's start positive here. Who is your biggest winner? Yeah, I think the biggest winner of the week for me is the Detroit Lions because this is very clearly not the same Lions team. The old Lions would have lost that game 10 times out of 10. Now, maybe they won that game because I had the Bears money line at 4-1 to one odds. Um, so maybe it was just that. I was on the opposite side. But Bears had a 98.8% chance to win there late in the game. Lions storm all the way back. That's a big win for the Lions because, like I said, old versions of the Lions, even good versions of the Lions – would have lost that game. When you win games that you probably shouldn't win down the stretch, that's the sign of a championship caliber team. So uh, the Lions, they have to be have, uh, feeling pretty good about that, uh, about that win and, and being pretty happy about it because that's a, that's a big one for Detroit. Not only that, they kind of stayed in the hunt for uh, the n- number one seed in the NFC. Obviously, the Eagles ended up winning that game against the Chiefs. So they, if they lost against the Chiefs last night, uh, I think the Lions, based on the tiebreaker, might be sitting with the number one overall seed in the NFC. So if they keep winning games, 
uh, they're going to stay in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Lions. I've been telling people I believe in them. They're not just a fun story. They're a good team. I know people get so caught up about the beatdown they took at the hands of the Ravens, losing 38-6. to But everything that could go wrong that game went wrong for the Lions. Everything that could go right for the Ravens went right. Uh, I'm a man of, all right, that's one game. Every single team this season has had one game where they look just atrocious. That was the Lions. They're sitting here at eight and two. They look good. They came back. Jared Goff threw three interceptions and they still found a way to win. You're right. That's a team that typically when you see, when you hear the Lions down that much, they roll over. They did not roll over. They rolled over and bought and bit some kneecaps to get it done. Uh, my biggest winner are the Steelers fans. Steelers fans. And why? They lost. They fired Matt Canada. Come on. It's big time. I get it. He's probably not the uh, biggest issue. I think quarterback play is the biggest issue for the Steelers. But if you've looked at what Kenny Pickett's throwing numbers have been, where he's been designing these plays, they're behind the line of scrimmage almost entirely. And the breaking point was a screen pass where every wide receiver was running a route. That had to be the breaking point for Matt Canada because how do you set up a screen play and all your wide receivers? are running routes. They're not blocking. So Jalen Warren had four dudes all around him. That had to be the breaking point. That was just an atrocious play call and to me encapsulates the Steelers offense. So my biggest winner are Steelers fans because no longer do you have to deal with Matt Canada's atrocious play calling. Yeah, huge news for the Steelers fans waking up this morning and seeing that uh, because, I mean, the Steelers still in a playoff spot right now. So it's not like uh, it's a team that needs to scrap everything and rebuild and start getting ready for next year. They're in a playoff spot right now. So if they can get some better offensive play calling, uh, who knows what can happen. So big news, big news. Uh, <laughs> He's given a bad name to, uh, to you, Ian, because you're born in Canada and his last name is Canada. You know, if I had to do any correlation right here, I think you guys might be in cahoots. Yeah, I mean, he's not actually Canadian himself. So where is he from? Indiana, Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, I, I think he needs to change his last name. He can't be named after another country. It's given, <laughs> it's given us Canadians a bad name. Hunter says Bears are so talented at losing. That's how you tank right there. That is the ultimate tank job. Keep it close, look good, and then still find a way to lose late in the game. Good point. Uh, all right, biggest loser for you, Ian. Who do you have? Uh, biggest loser of the week uh, is these Cincinnati Bengals because mm. they lost Joe Burrow. And now they're done. Uh, their defense is one of the worst defenses in the NFL this season. Not enough people have been talking about it because Joe Burrow's played well, played well enough in like the last five or six weeks that they're still able to win games. But um, you can't win games with a backup quarterback and a bad defense. Maybe if you have an elite defense, it can make up for Jake Browning being their starting quarterback. Um, but no, bad defense and now a backup quarterback. The Bengals season is officially over after the roller coaster season that they've had to suffer through with the poor start. Joe Burrow calf injury. Then they look really good. And then all of a sudden, Joe Burrow gets a hand injury and he's done for the year. So, uh, you know, two years ago playing in the Super Bowl last year, you know, being a play away from advancing back to the Super Bowl, it is a tough pill to swallow to now not even be in the playoffs. But that's that's the way it works sometimes. So uh, I, I feel for Bengals fans because, yeah, their season's done. Yeah. Uh, somehow they will still be tweeting at Chiefs fans saying three and one. I, I'm not going to lie. I was getting Bengals fans in my Twitter account last night as they lost to the Eagles. And I'm sitting here going, what are we doing here, folk? 
What's going on here? Um, I do feel bad for Joe Burrow. That looked brutal. I felt sad for him when he tried to grab the football and throw it and just fell out of his hands. And just the look of despair on his face, it was palpable. Uh, Browning might be okay, but he's no Joe Burrow. We have no idea what he's going to be. You're right, man. They've not looked great all season long. That defense is not very good. The offensive line has been average at best. And now no Burrow. T. Higgins has been banged up. Jamar Chase has been banged up. It's not an ideal situation. I do feel for them just a little bit. But again, it shows you the window in the NFL is not as long as people think it is. The, the reason why I'm not trying to make this all Chiefs focused here, but the Chiefs won with Mahomes on a rookie contract, which is the easiest way to win a Super Bowl. We've seen it time and time again. That's how the Seahawks were able to get it done as well. But then the Chiefs did something a little different. They were able to win with Mahomes no, no longer on a rookie contract and also without his wide receiver one. When you look at the Bills and the Bengals, the other two powerhouses in the AFC, Not only have they not won a Super Bowl with those two guys on a rookie contract, what happens now? You know, Stephon Diggs, are you going to be able to to, to keep him? You know, Gabe Davis is up for a a new contract. They went all in with Von Miller. They're they're, they're losing a lot of pieces in the secondary based on injury and also because of age, right? Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. What happens now? No, with the Bengals, same thing. They lost uh, both of their safeties, right? Von Bell and Jesse Bates, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Demons have regressed. You know, and now what's going to happen when T. Higgins comes up for a contract? I feel bad because this was their window. I think this year in particular was their last, and same with the Bills, their last go around with the current iteration of the team they have. And it looks like both might miss the playoffs, especially the Bengals. I do feel for them just a little bit. That is very hard. Um, my biggest loser of the week, Chiefs wide receivers, man. <laughs> wide receivers. Uh, Mark Valdez scantling very nice guy. Very nice guy. Gives back to charity. Did a cool charity event here in Kansas City. I was a, a part of it. It was a blast. Great time. About the only good thing I can say right now. Um... <sighs> That ball was thrown perfectly in his hands. I know you're sad because you had the Chiefs' money line in that game. It cost you a decent chunk of change there. If you are a deep ball threat and you can't bring the ball down, what's the point? It's John Brown. It's Darius Hayward Bay. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay. We've seen guys who can run 4-2, four, 4-3. Four, but if you can't catch, you can't catch. You know, he's getting paid 10 plus million dollars a year as well. And that's what's keeping the Chiefs from signing some of those other wide receivers. He is their guy. He, he, he was the quote-unquote bigger-named veteran. It's not ideal. It's not good, but it's not just him. I mean, the Eagles' secondary is atrocious. Darius Slay is still pretty good. Big game Slay. But Bradbury has fallen off a cliff this year based on injury and age. And their slot corners, Avante Maddox has been injured, right? So they're throwing out just different guys left and right, undrafted rookies, you know, veteran uh, journeymen. And no one's been able to get it done but they were able to get it done against Kansas City. This is an indictment on the Chiefs' wide receivers. Mahomes was actually pretty good in this game. That 4th and 25 also encapsulates what happened, right? He threw a perfect ball into the hands on 4th and 25 that would have been a first down. What happened? Ball was dropped. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, you can talk if you want. I'm just disappointed by this, and we're going to talk more about the Chiefs and the Eagles game, but that was just a uh, um, a very sad game to watch. Yeah, the Chiefs-Eagles game is our top story of the week here. So let's rip through some injuries, uh, and then I can kind of give my thoughts on that. So injuries, obviously the biggest one of the week is uh, the one that we just mentioned, uh, Joe Burrow. But uh, Mark Andrews was another big injury that happened in that game. He looks like most likely 
oat for the season for the Ravens. Uh, it did see there was an outside chance he could return for the playoffs, but that is doubtful. Uh, Joey Bosa looks like he's going to get put on IR the Charger season. Uh, that Their season looks like it's pretty much over at this point. Geno Smith hurt. I think it was his elbow, um, but it does look like they believe he is still going to play uh, Thursday night against the 49ers, but that's one to watch. Um, and now I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but this one is actually a, a an injury that I think not enough people are talking about, and that's Tela Noah Hufanga, the young defensive back for the 49ers. He has been one of their better defensive players this season, and now he is out for the year for San Francisco as well. So that's uh, that's going to hurt them more than I think what people are talking about. Not not obviously a big name guy like some of the other players are, but a piece of the 49ers defense now out for the year. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Hafanga because he's a very good safety and the 49ers defense has been electric all season long and he's a very big part of that. Really quickly on Joe Burrow, I, I hate having a injury-prone conversation because the injuries to Joe Burrow have been um, random, right? They have It hasn't been a situation. It's not been your typical injury-prone type of guy. But when you've had a torn ACL your rookie season, right? Then you had a massive calf injury that's been lingering on into a lot of people's thoughts, even into now. And then now all of a sudden you have this hand injury. Again, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but it's a weird situation for a quarterback who's not a running quarterback, right? Lamar Jackson has not been able to finish the last three seasons because of injury. But when you're a running quarterback, that's going to happen, right? Josh Allen, he gets banged up a lot because why? He runs a lot. He's very physical. Joe Burrow doesn't really do that. How concerned would you be about his long-term health and future going forward? I wouldn't be too concerned yet if he, because actually there is kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise, I think, with his hand injuries now, because his calf has was not right all season. Now he gets almost a full year to completely rest both his hand and his calf muscle. So he should be. 100% healthy heading into next year. Now, if he gets hurt again next year, then that's going to raise some, some big red flags. But um, yeah, because even even though, you know, even after his bye week when he started looking a little bit better, that's cap still was not 100%. So yeah, even this season's in the toilet for sure, but there is kind of a silver lining to it that we should see the healthiest Joe Burrow we've seen uh, at starting next season. Yeah, uh, let's get into the top story, and that's the Eagles getting revenge on the Chiefs. Obviously, this was the Super Bowl this past season. Chiefs won that one in a close one, and the Eagles won this one in a close one. The Chiefs were not able to score in the second half. Eagles found a way to get it done. What were your big overarching takeaways in this game? Yeah, there's two big ones. Uh, we'll start with the Chiefs one because it's it's based on the topic that you were just talking about, and that's the Chiefs wide receivers. I don't think I've ever seen a team in the NFL that aren't Super Bowl contenders because of no wide receivers. Like, they have everything else. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. They have, you know, the best tight end in the NFL. They have the best defense that Patrick Holmes has ever had. But their receivers are not just not good. They're so bad that I don't know if I can back this Chiefs team to win the Super Bowl. If they had, like, one decent receiver, they'd be by far the Super Bowl favorites. They lead the NFL in drops. That is an objective fact right now. No team has had more drops than the Chiefs, and it seems like they have the biggest drops in the biggest situations. I can't trust anyone on this team. Even Kelsey had a bad drop last night on a third down play. They ended up getting the first down on fourth down, uh, but that was a bad drop by him as well. I don't know if I can trust if we find this Chiefs team in the same situation again where they need to go down and score a touchdown on the final drive of the game, 
I don't trust the receivers to catch balls, which you can't win every game by two scores and have a comfortable lead. You're going to have to have some game-winning drives, and they don't have anyone that can step up in those clutch moments. Now, generally, I think Travis Kelsey, he's he's not going to drop that ball more often than not. But you need more than just one tight end. You need a receiver, and they got no one. Um, So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a team that I look at that I have to, like, dock points when I'm trying to evaluate how good they are because of how bad the receivers are. Yeah, it's very frustrating to watch. And just in regards to Travis Kelsey again, uh, actually you mentioned really quickly, you know, they actually had a two-score lead going into the third quarter, going into the second half. I mean, they were up 10. The Eagles, city of brotherly love, thank you for using your timeouts to give the Chiefs an ability to kick a field goal before half, right? They saved time for the Chiefs almost. But the wide receivers, they can't get it done. And, And part of me is sitting here going, all right, but even with all of these drops, the Chiefs had two brutal turnovers in the red zone. Travis Kelsey fumbled in the red zone. And then Mahomes threw an interception that was just inexcusable, right? I mean, I don't think he should have thrown the ball to begin with, but if you are going to throw it, you throw it to the back pylon. You don't throw it short right. right. Like, Justin Watson actually was semi-open on that play. It was just a ill-advised throw. So you have two turnovers in the red zone. And so part of my thinking is, all right, even with the disaster at wide receiver, you probably still should have won this game. But I say that almost every single week because the red zone struggles are that consistent. At some point, you are what you are. I keep saying they're going to revert back to the mean, which means they're not going to be this bad in the red zone consistently, but they are. This is who this team is. They are a defense first team. Their defense is elite. They're not just electric. They're elite. They're that good. Trent McDuffie is a top three cornerback in the NFL. That's not a debate in my mind. He is top three. Couple him with Legereus Sneed, and that might be the best tandem in the NFL, cornerback-wise. I, I think Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed might have a good uh, argument. There's a couple guys I think you can make a case for. But the fact they're even in that consideration it just shows you how good they are. Their defensive line is outstanding. They were bullying the Eagles' offensive line the entire game. Spagnolo is Ben Picasso out there. I mean, every single thing he's been drawing up is a masterpiece. Their linebackers are outstanding, by the way, without Nick Bolton. Their starting green dot, starting middle linebacker, their best run stuffer has been injured. He's been out most of the season now. He'll be back for a few more weeks, and they're still finding ways to get it done. Doesn't matter when your wide receivers can't catch the ball. Again, Mahomes has not been without fault. This has been, in my mind, clearly the worst season Mahomes has had in the NFL. He's been off on all deep balls, but he finally hit MVS on one, and what happens is dropped. You know, some of it is the wide receivers not only dropping balls, not knowing routes, which is not great when it's Justin Watson, MVS guys who've been in the NFL for an extended period of time. These are veterans. These are not rookies. That's not Sky Moore, who's a second-year guy. It's not Rasheed Rice. These are veterans. At some point, if they can't do the the easy things, the the basics, why aren't you giving more than 22 snaps to Gadarius Tony? Why aren't you getting Rasheed Rice actually out there on a deep ball? Why aren't you at least trying something different? Because what you're doing right now clearly is not working. Yeah, and my other thought about this game was about the Eagles. Um, I got over my skis a little bit this game. I've been calling the the Eagles frauds. My official fraud power rankings I do on a weekly basis, they're up to number two this week. And then it was, I think, the third quarter, I tweeted out this screenshot of my write-up calling the Eagles frauds. And of course, uh, as always happens... I called my shot a little bit too early, and the Eagles cut back and won. 
Ian, this was it's you, my fault. Dude. And then, of course, since then, my DMs, my emails, and my uh, Twitter replies have been Eagles fans uh, laughing in my face. Um, As the Eagles, they should be. <laughs> the Eagles are, but I, I don't, my opinion has not changed about the Eagles after last night's win. The Eagles are, have been a good team this season, not a great team. Um, they are frauds to a set, uh, in a certain sense. Like I said, I'm not going to call them a bad team. They're still a very good team, one of the better teams in the NFC. But they are not the best team in the NFL. They have the best record in the NFL, but the Eagles are tied for sixth in the league and average scoring margin. If it, if you're there's only one team with they only have one loss on the year, but for somehow they're they're tied with the Chiefs and average scoring margin of plus six point one. If you want to look okay. at some other stats, but but, but Ian, you look, net, you look at net yards per play. Uh, they're eleventh in the NFL in net but, yards per can play. I, can I bring them up very quickly? Nineteenth Sterling and opponent EPA per play. This is a good team, not a great team. My, my my point here is when you bring up the scoring margin, which I think can be a jumping off point. Let's be real now. I guarantee the Cowboys are ahead of them because you know why? Right. The, Cow- the Cowboys run out the score. The Cowboys have had an easier schedule and they run out the score. You know what they do. Right. It, it, it'll, they'll be up 21 in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. The team will have no timeouts. They'll run and play action bomb to CeeDee Lamb. Like, we, we know what the Cowboys do. I, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think it's a little bit of a sure. overrated stat there. Yeah, okay. I'm sure the Eagles would have ran up the score against the Commanders the two times they played them. No, But instead, they took went one game to overtime. The other game, they won by a touchdown. Like, they're, sure. barely, beating, they're barely beating bad teams. But, but, but the Chiefs did that last games. year they when they won the Super they Bowl. They did deserve to beat the Vikings uh, this season. They didn't deserve to beat the Chiefs last night. What do you call it when you win, though? What do you call yeah, it when it, losing? It's a win. This happened sure. last year with the Chiefs. They, they should have lost to the, the Broncos. They should have lost to the Texans. And what happened in the regular season? It didn't matter. Can we, be, can we at least be real here? This Eagles team is very good. They just have one fatal flaw, and it's their secondary, right? It's their secondary. Their defense as a whole has not been good. Their offense has not been as good as last year. And sure, if you're an Eagles fan or if you're on the Eagles, and yes, the only thing that matters is wins. Who cares how they come? The only thing that matters is wins. But at me, especially myself as a sports better, I need to evaluate teams so I can figure out how to bet on them or even if I think a team is going to win a Super Bowl. And when you evaluate a team, you need to look past the win-loss record. I actually think the win-loss record is a terrible way to evaluate a team. you got to look at their metrics, and when I look at the metrics, I see a good team, not great team. I don't know how many great teams there are in the NFL this year. I, I think that's a good jumping-off point. I mean, well, I, the I agree with Hunter in the chat. I, th- I, think, I think 49ers are the best team in the NFL. I don't know if I can get there, man. I just, I don't know yet. I, I thought they were, and they lost three straight games in a row. Yeah, but that happens. It happens. Sure. I, I, I just don't know if I can get there yet. I think they're, they're the best team in the NFL outside of quarterback. The second I said Brock Purdy is a, a dude, what happened? He looked atrocious. Yeah, he, he threw perfect. He threw perfect game this past. And then, week. and then this past oh. week, he was he was great. Right. Um, I will see. I, again, I, I think the Eagles are still a very very good team. I don't know if there is a single great team in the NFL right now. The uh, Eagles will lose three straight games. They have the, the their next three games are against the Bills, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. They lose all three. I will take that bet. You have not been doing good against me. 
All right. <laughs> what do you want to bet on this one, pal? <laughs> no, but but well, I, the odds are stacked against me for that one. But I, yeah. I'm just saying. Well, that's why cars stacked in the box. You don't lose it. the next three games. They're going to lose the next three games. I, I didn't make you take that. I'm, I'm not forcing you to take that bet. There, you brought it up. Not not me. Um, I think the Eagles are way better than you give them credit for. I think they're much more talented than you give them credit for. I do want to shout out the Chiefs secondary. They locked up AJ Brown, man. The, the Chiefs secondary is so bleeping good. Their defense is that good. But again, the Eagles move the ball. They're not doing it typically in a super explosive way. They obviously did last night with that huge touchdown to Devontae Smith. But typically, they're running four yards of carry. Four yards of carry, tush push. Like, this is what they do. They've averaged four yards a carry for the season, but yet they run the ball the most in the NFL, 32, 33 times a game. They're not the most explosive team, which is a little interesting because you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They hold those back. They're most effective when they're just moving the football. They can do that in the playoffs. They will do that in the playoffs. They are a very dangerous team. I mean, the metrics say otherwise. And I'm going to trust, at the end of the day, I'm going to trust the numbers. They're 12th in the NFL in yards per play. So they're, they're, they're that's my point. You, you, 5.4 you, yards per play. That's the same as the Seahawks. Are the Seahawks but, the lead team? No, but, but you're from my point because the, the Eagles are doing it in a certain way. You watch the Eagles and you're like, okay, they're, this is a concerted effort of what they are doing here. They're trying to I think you're saying that because in like four or five games, they've had key plays go their way. And then those games result in wins. If in those, even in just three of those four games, if those key plays like MBS catches the ball last night against them. And you go back to the Vikings game. If, if one key play goes the Vikings way and all sure. of a sudden it's a nine that's and every one. Every game. That is every game. You're focusing right. on it. Yeah, that's every game because if uh, Jimmy G hit Hoover, it was streaking down the field in the 49ers game that, 49ers may have beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but they didn't. They didn't. It happens every single game, man. Like, I I think the Eagles are a very, very good team. They're a very solid team with a great defensive line. They win the close ones. They and that to me is a is a mark typically of a very well coached team. If you win the close games, that's a mark of a very well coached team. When the Chiefs go right. They're winning close games because I think Andy Reid gives them an advantage. This season, though, Andy Reid maybe is not giving them the uh, the best advantage out there. I will also say the Eagles are trying to adjust on the fly without jail, without uh, Dallas Goddard. That's a big loss to that offense. Yeah, all teams have injuries. Agreed. I was an Eagles guy last year, and I liked their fan base. I went to their NFC Championship game. I bought a Devontae Smith jersey, and now the Eagles fans have turned on me, and I'm not happy. Hunter says, who's the best team? Take a stand. Okay, best team in the NFC. No, no, no. Best team in the NFC is the Eagles. Best team in the AFC right now is the Ravens. Also, I agree with the Ravens, yes. Hunter and I are on the same page, which I feel like doesn't happen very often. So um, that's good. But no, I... The only, the only way you can say the Eagles are the best team is if you say they have a nine and one record, but no other metric says that they're, that they're a top five team in the NFL. I, I am saying right now, if I were to choose an NFC championship game, who was going to win Eagles or Niners, I'm taking the Eagles. And right now I think the best team in the AFC is the Ravens. 
The AFC, I think, is much deeper than the NFC. So for me, I think the best team in the NFL right now are the Baltimore Ravens. I agree. The Ravens are a very good team. I won't argue against the Ravens. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Let's get into some secondary topics here. The Steelers, as we mentioned at the top here, fired Matt Canada. Um... Any more thoughts on the firing of Matt Canada? Uh, who do the Steelers have this week again? Uh, let me pull it up. They have a bad defense. Yeah, the Bengals. They're going to crush the Bengals this week, I think. Ooh. And I think the Matt Canada, that Matt Canada hiring is going to be going to be pivotal. Or it's firing, I should say. I don't know if I said hiring or firing. Matt Canada is gone. Is I said, yeah, now that he's gone, I bet you the Steelers offense is going to look the best it's looked all season. That's my prediction for that game. They score more points this week than they have any other week this year, which. (laughs) How much does that say? I don't think needs to be a lot. (laughs) What's their high scoring game? You get 20. (laughs) Uh, They scored 26 in week two. So they got to score 27 points. I think they score at least 27 points. That's actually pretty crazy. A team that has. Six wins, and their most points scored is 26. It's crazy. Uh, all right, Jets bench Zach Wilson for Tim Boyle. Uh, I'll give my quick thoughts here because I think this is absurd. I think Zach Wilson continuously gets uh, bleeped on more than he should. I am not saying he's a good quarterback. I am not saying he's a franchise quarterback. What I am saying is he is not the main issue on the Jets right now. Uh, Robert Sala is a defensive-minded head coach. He clearly knows nothing about offense, and he's not put the right guys in place offensively. The offensive line for the Jets is absolutely atrocious. One of the worst I may have ever seen in my entire life, right? Like, it is really that bad. Uh, Obviously, part of that comes with injury, and you saw what Mekhi Becton leave that game as well with an injury. The Jets are just just atrocious, man. I love that Tim Boyle picked up one first down and everyone was like, oh, look, it's Tim Boyle. It's always been Zach Wilson. And then what did Boyle do? Get sacked again and again and again. And his throws should have been picked off again and again and again. He's not good. Aaron Rodgers is not fixing this because the offensive line is that bad. The wide receivers who we thought were going to be pretty talented for the Jets? No. Alan Lazard has been bad, okay? And not just that. I mean, he's been bad. Garrett Wilson, he's been fine, but this isn't the same Garrett Wilson of last year. Where are these incredible plays he's making? I get some of it comes down to he's not getting uh, – teams are focusing in on him and they're keying in on him. I get all that stuff. But Garrett Wilson just feels like he's not playing at the same level he was last season. The Jets are bad. Zach Wilson's bad, but he's not the main issue there. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe starting Tim Boyle is kind of their way to see how bad Zach Wilson is or how good he is because if Tim Boyle looks 
terrible, then you can be like, okay, so it has it wasn't Zach Wilson's fault. If Tim Boyle looks good, then it can, you can kind of blame it on Zach Wilson. So maybe starting Tim Boyle is just a measuring stick. Sure, and I'd be I'd be pissed if I were the Jets defense. I mean, they're very yeah. talented. I mean, you saw Sauce Gardner getting it was getting to him. I mean, he 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 just was picking up some 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 penalties that he should not have been picking up. They're very talented. They give too many points, but at, at some point, when you're on the field perpetually defensively, you're going to get tired. Points will be given up. Again, I I, I think Robert Sala is a very good coach, but I wonder if he's more of a DC than a head coach. Um, you know, he was incredible with the 49ers, but the 49ers defense keeps trucking along, right? At some point, talent might override who you are as a coach. Again, I'm not saying Robert Sala needs to be canned, but I think the question needs to start arising if nothing starts to look better by the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, All right, Brock Purdy, underrated in MVP odds. Clearly, you put this one on the show sheet. Uh, yes. Um, and I think he is, uh, he's still, I think available as high as 18 to one, I believe to win NFL MVP, which is absolutely atrocious. I wrote an article, um, last night about this. Um, let me see if I can bring this up. He was first in the NFL amongst quarterbacks in yards per pass attempt EPA plus CPOE, which is an advanced metric. I won't get into too much in QBR. Uh, I am sick of the narrative that just any quarterback could do this in the 49er system. If that's the case, this is the greatest NFL system. And we should be electing Kyle Shanahan president because this is the greatest offensive system of all time if you can just make an average quarterback the best quarterback in the NFL. But almost every single metric you look at, Brock Purdy leads the NFL in those, met- in those quarterback metrics, but yet he's like fifth or sixth on the odds list to win MVP. One, I'm with you. I think Shanahan deserves so much more credit than he gets. I I think Shanahan has been perpetually underrated. In regards to Brock Purdy, my one question is, Jimmy G was a top or at least close to the top in a lot of categories, right? When he was there, right? A lot of those analytical categories actually like Jimmy G. What happened since he left? What happened since he's been anywhere else besides there? He's bad, real bad. I still will believe this is more Shanahan than Brock Purdy personally. That's my personal feeling about this. And I think a lot of people view this the same way. They view it as, okay, well, they have a great offensive line, a phenomenal head coach, and they have weapons upon weapons upon weapons. Of course, I think it's kind of hurt Tua Tagovailoa as well uh, because like, oh, yeah, well, he, of course he's great. He's got Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan. Oh, yeah, and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's unfair, but it's true. it's always going to be a knock against guys, even if I don't think it should be. It was a knock against Mahomes for a while when he had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It was, well, of course he's great. He's got Tyreek and Travis. I go, what do you want me to do? Not throw those guys the ball? Brock Purdy is doing what he's supposed to do. I just feel like a lot of voters are going to feel the same way. We're, 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 we're disagreeing a lot this show, Sterling. I, I don't like arguing with you. I don't take join it. But I, I like, what else can this guy do where people are going to give him credit? Like, he just threw a perfect game. Uh, it was great. Couple, it he, was great. He had, he, had, he, had, like, he had a couple bad interceptions late in games, a couple games in a row, and then people just got completely off the bandwagon. I'm not even saying that he should be the outright favorite. But his odds of fifth or sixth on the odds list at 14 to one or 18 to one is unbelievable. It's not like there's other, like, it's not like Patrick Mahomes is having a bad year for Patrick Mahomes, but he's still somehow second on the MVP list. That's Brock Purdy's been better than Patrick Mahomes this year. 
Back to the big Right. So, but 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 I also think if you were to switch again, this is what makes it so hard because if you're like, well, if Mahomes was with those weapons, what would happen? If Brock Purdy had uh, Sky Moore over here in MVS, what would be the difference? Again, Brock Purdy's been great this year, and I'm with you, Hunter. He's made some great throws. I'm not saying he's not made great throws. That's not my argument here. I, I, it comes down to how many quarterbacks could succeed in the 49ers system how many well it depends on your definition of succeed to brock birdie's level none two you tell me come on come on i wanted to look up your, uh, your point about jimmy garoppolo had almost as good a numbers i wanted to look this up the year that jimmy garoppolo and the 49ers went to the super bowl so 2019 super bowl was in 2020 he was 12th in the nfl in qbr so no, he's not, he no, he didn't post Brock Purdy numbers. I think a decent amount of quarterbacks could do the exact same thing or very close to it in the 49ers That's, system. How many? 10? No, not 10. Uh, eight? That's why no. You're telling me Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. No, no, uh, it's not. Current Aaron Rodgers, no. Lamar Jackson. Nope. Um, Josh Ma- Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Might make Jalen Hurts, four. Jalen Hurts, that's four. six. Might make a case for – I don't think I can do Trevor Lawrence because I've been down on Trevor Lawrence. But, of course, when I'm down on him, he goes out and throws four tutties. Dude, I get you, Hunter. If this guy was drafted in the first round and not last pick of the draft, we'd be hailing him as as the next Joe Montana. But because he was the last pick in the draft, nobody can get that out of their mind or and accept the fact he's a good quarterback. Not true, because the, the same thing happened with Tom Brady. Yeah, and to, a lot of people are saying the same things about Tom Brady for the first couple of years. We are going to agree to disagree here, man. We're, we're, we're button heads this show, Sterling. No, again, you're acting like, like, you're act like I think Brock Purdy's bad, or you're acting like I don't think Brock, Brock Purdy is good. I think Brock Purdy is, is, is a solid quarterback, I think, but I don't know how much he's moving the needle. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I think he's a good quarterback. But my point here is I think a decent amount of quarterbacks can be put in that system and have great success. He's a do very good Brock, quarterback. Do you think Brock Purdy deserves to be the MVP this year right now? Hmm. Personally, I still think Lamar Jackson or Tyreek Hill. I still think Tyreek Hill is perpetually, uh, which I've said a lot today, uh, underrated, man. I, I, I hate, 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 hate that wide receivers, running backs, no other position have any shot at winning MVP outside of quarterback. That to me is bogus. Jalen Hurts is the favorite right now. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm just saying it's time. We, we got to put some respect on Brock. The it's, second it's I did, the second I did, he went out and lost three straight games playing some bad football. I don't think he played. I he, Did he have, make a couple of bad interceptions? Yes. Yeah. But he, I did not. I Overall, he did not play bad in those games. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy, I would say, is, he's been top 10. Yeah, he's been top 10. I'll give him top 10 quarterback. But if I'm if All I'm right. doing a, if I'm doing a draft, you're you're not telling me. I know you said that. If you're doing a draft right now, who are you taking? Josh Allen or Brock Purdy? You're not taking Brock. If you're gonna build Mike. around a quarterback, 
I might. I might take Brock. Josh Allen has been made. Josh, the Josh Allen ceiling is is great, but Josh Allen makes some bad mistakes continuously, week yeah. after week, season after season. You need Brian Dable back. <laughs> if I if I can get Brian Dable paired with Josh Allen again, I, I that that is a lock. All right, all right. Do you want to move move on to week twelve here? Because we're yeah. I, I, feel, here. I feel bad. I don't want to just keep arguing with you because you're a nice guy with a great mustache. <laughs> All right. You 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 bring up the, the first game for week 12 we're talking about. I have to go get my charger because my battery on my laptop apparently lasts 30 minutes when we stream. So I'm going to be right back. Mm, good. Good. I think you're just leaving because you're, uh, you're mad that I was just destroying you in that argument. But the oh, Packers versus the Lions. Uh, Lions are seven and a half point favorites at home over under set at 47 and a half. The Packers coming off of a very big win, 23-20 over the Chargers, almost effectively ending the Chargers season. But I will say... They easily could have lost that game, as you and I were talking about earlier. Talk about big drops. You talked about MVS, but Quentin Johnson, the first-round draft pick wide receiver for the Chargers, dropped a ball put right in the breadbasket. So the Packers will be facing the Lions. The, the line seems a little high. That, that little hook right there of 7.5, I don't think I want to touch. Next game on the docket, the 49ers, the most talked-about team this show. They face the Seahawks plus six and a half. I actually like the 49ers in this game to cover. I'm not a big believer in the Seahawks. I've said it week in and week out. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but I think they're just an average team. If you had to tell me, pick one average team this year, it might be the Seahawks over under set at 43. Give me the over in this game. Uh, I do see Hunter saying right here last time, Sterling back party, this 49ers lost three straight. So this is probably good. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm doing it for you, Hunter. I'm doing it because I care. That is why. Uh, Ian, let me know when you're back. We're moving on to the Jets. I'm back. Okay. Uh, I sorry. What what game did we talk about there? Apparently, the plugging in my uh, my charger into my laptop just shut everything down there for a second. So, well, of course, uh, it does. Packers. Uh, what what were your thoughts on that game, really quick? Just so I can figure out if I have to disagree with you again. Yeah, I have the uh, Packers covering seven and a half. Cause I think the hook is just too. I don't like the the seven and a half. That All that right, just agree. Little, little cause to pause. Yeah. I set lines as six and a half point favorites in that one. The Packers actually, I think, are better than the record indicates, and the Lions have some issues on defense. So, uh, yeah, I think the Packers can keep that one a little bit closer than other people think. Uh, and I think the 49ers beat the Seahawks by 20 points. Yeah, I think the Seahawks I, Seahawks are trending in the wrong direction the past few yeah. weeks. Their, their defense has not been good. You know, Smith hasn't been great. Now he has an elbow issue. Um Things are trending in the wrong direction for the Seahawks. And I, like I said earlier, like we've already argued about, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. So, Well, I, I said I think the Seahawks are average. If you, if you had to tell me pick an average team in the NFL right now, I'd be like, I'd probably go Seattle. Like they're, they're, they're an average team. Uh, you know, kind of middle of the pack. That, that's, that's a team I'd go with. And I think the Niners, again, uh, I think they at least cover the six and a half points. Uh, Jags versus Texans. This is a very interesting game. One, if I'm not mistaken, can be for the lead in the AFC South. Texans, yep. once again, pulling out a victory. C.J. Stroud, I will say five interceptions, right? Four interceptions in the past two weeks. He threw three. 
uh, in that game, and they were bad, man. One was also deep in the red zone. Uh, but the Jags, they keep finding ways to get it done. I don't really believe a ton in the Jags because offensively they've been struggling, but last week may be a breakout for them, right? Trevor Lawrence had four touchdowns, two on the ground, two through the air. Maybe they're finally starting to get some sort of cohesion offensively. The defense is still very, very talented. What do you see happening in this one? Uh, I like the Texans quite a bit in this one. The Texans already beat them up when this game was in Jacksonville earlier in the season, uh, beat them 37-17. I think we're going to see a similar result here. I'm not high in the Jaguars whatsoever. Uh, a lot of their metrics show that they're kind of an average team. Their offensive numbers have not been good. Uh, and I'm high on this Texans team. A lot of uh, a lot of the metrics show that uh, not they're not a great team and maybe borderline good, but I, they have better numbers than the Jaguars so far this season. So, uh, Texans slight underdogs at home. I love them. Hey, who said Texans going into this year, baby? You. Yeah, T-E-X-A-N-S, Texans. I didn't hear anyone as high on the Texans as you were. Oh, baby. And I wish I'd have put some money Very on it because cool. those were some really good odds. Yep. Uh, but alas, I didn't. Uh, Saints, Falcons, this might be the toilet bowl, right? Well, it's for the NFC South. Yeah, if the Saints, if the Saints win this weekend, yeah, if the Saints win this weekend, they're going to have a, a stranglehold on the division. If the Falcons win, the Falcons will take the lead in the division, but it'll still be very, very close. Um, the Buccaneers seem to be out of it. They stink. The Panthers have been out of it for a few weeks. This might be the worst division winner of all time. And, and that I, think the Saints, the I, think, I think the Saints win, by the way. That includes the, what, 7-9 and nine Seahawks? That there won is, a playoff game? There is mathematically a chance that the winner of the NFC South finishes seven and ten. They don't deserve to be in, man. They don't get an extra AFC team in there. If one of them does finish, because not only that, the Saints and the Falcons have had two easy schedules in the NFL either. So it's not like yeah. the Saints and Falcons are playing like a, a killer's row of teams. They're playing the worst teams in the NFL and are still barely winning games. Uh, so yeah, if one of them finishes seven and ten and wins a division with that record, then yeah, they should not be allowed to play the playoffs. Dude, the Falcons might make the playoffs, and Arthur Smith might still get canned. Yeah, they're going back to Desmond Ritter. Is that the right decision? Yeah, I thought it. We had to put put in Taylor Heineke there to see what we had with him to see if he could give a spark to this offense. And honestly, he didn't look any better than Desmond Ritter. So then you go with your young guy and see if he can get better as the year goes on and then evaluate the position in the offseason. Taylor Heineke is obviously not going to be the quarterback of the future. We hope maybe he'll give us a spark this season. He didn't. He had his chance. Go with the young guy and see what happens, see if he can improve. Yeah. Uh, Bills, Eagles, probably the best game overall of the week, even if it does not have the sort of – um, I guess repercussions, divisional repercussions of some of these other games. But Bills, Eagles, you know, the, the Bills are, are trying to fight their way into the playoffs while now facing the toughest stretch, in my opinion, to end the season in the entire NFL. The Eagles also on a brutal stretch as well. Obviously, they beat Kansas City. That was huge. Now they are at home facing the Bills. What do you think happens in this game? Because again, I I still think the Bills are a little underrated. And again, I understand I'm blinded by the highs of Josh Allen. I will always, always at least agree to that. I am blinded by the highs of Josh Allen because I think the only guy that can reach the highs of Mahomes or at least close to it, it's, it's Josh Allen. 
right? When things are all going right, he is the second best quarterback in the NFL. The only issue is when things are going wrong, he looks like maybe a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, let me do a little blind resume here. Uh, team A, you tell me which team is better. Team A, sixth in the NFL in net yards per play, third in the NFL in EPA per play, 12th in the NFL in opponent EPA per play. Team B, 11th in net yards per play, fifth in EPA per play, 19th in opponent EPA per play. Which team's better, Team A or Team B? Yeah, so I know Team A is the Bills because I did this exact same thing the other day on my show because I was trying to say how the Bills are actually a little underrated. This happened when Ken Dorsey got canned the OC. I said, how are you blaming Ken Dorsey for the mistakes and the turnovers, especially in the red zone? He's not the guy throwing the ball. That's not him. or He's not the guy who put butter on the football and is trying to hand it off to James Cook. That's not Ken Dorsey. Here's the thing in the NFL, and this is either positive or negative when it comes to the National Football League, depending on what way you look at it. There's only 17 games in a season. So if you lose even four or five games because of just straight up bad luck, whether it's, you know, a tip ball ends up in, uh, as an interception or a referee call goes this way or that way or missed field goal here or there, your season's almost already done. Where every other team, every other championship winning team and every other sport goes through a rough stretch in their season where just things don't go their way, but then they have 60 other games to make up for it. And they do. If the NFL season was 82 games long, the Bills would finish with either the first or second best record in the AFC. I truly believe that. But it's not an 82-game season. It's a 17-game season. Overall, when you look at the metrics for this team, even though week after week it's frustrating to bet on them and and predict that the Bills are going to win, they're still a very good team. And I think they're a better team than the Eagles. I think they went out right. They're three and a half point underdogs. I think they went out right. No matter what metric you look at outside of wins and losses, the Bills are the better football team. I like the Eagles to win and the Bills to cover. That's what I'm rolling right. with here. Uh, that would kind of line up with how the season's gone for both teams. And I, I will also say what's interesting is Josh Allen's been turnover prone. The Bills have been turnover prone, but again, they're facing a secondary that I think you can take advantage of. Although I will say the addition of Kevin Byard has been big for the Eagles uh, safety group. I mean, he he looked good against the Chiefs. Him and Darius Slayer, the only two guys that I have confidence in, because again, I liked James Bradbury, but it does feel like the age situation is catching up to him and their slot corner can't, can't get it done. Um, So I wonder if Josh Young can take advantage of that or will Kevin Byard get another interception against him. So that's, I think, a matchup to watch in that game. Yeah. All right, let's get into records. Ian, you are 16 and 14. I feel bad. You went 0-3 last week. Uh, Not ideal. Uh, But again, it's for a great cause. That's why you have that mustache. As you were playing with it right now, that caterpillar on your lip, you're looking like an evil villain right now. Uh, I am 17 and 16, going 2-1 and last week. Uh, Looks like you... Missed the Patriots three and a half versus the no, Giants. No, no, that, no, the yeah. Titans six and a half versus the Jags. Jags hammered them in that game. Uh, I had the uh, Chargers minus three versus the Packers. That was my miss. Um, you had Bucks Niners over 41 and a half. I had the Vikings Broncos under 43 and a half. And then I had the, what was that, Giants over the Commanders. You had Bears over Lions, which was just a bad beat as that uh, final touchdown from David Montgomery sunk you. 
Yeah, and the over for Bucks and 49ers, I needed one point in the last 12 and a half minutes of the game. And the Buccaneers at first and goal twice. One was turnover on downs, one was, was an interception. They could have kicked a field goal, would have hit it over, could have scored a touchdown, would have went over. Nothing, no points in the last 12 minutes of the game. Stinger. What do you have this week? You're getting, uh, right. Best, You're getting right. I believe in you, Ian. Yeah, yeah big week coming up. Uh, best spread week for me, or best spread pick is the Patriots over the Giants. Um, if there's one more spot that I still have faith in when it comes to Bill Belichick, it's coming off a bye week facing a rookie quarterback. Um, and not only that, but the absolute strength of this Patriots team is their ability to stop the run. Uh, they're an elite run defense. So if they shut down the Giants uh, run, run attack on offense, then the Giants are going to have to try to win with Tommy DeVito throwing the ball. Tommy DeVito throwing against a Bill Belichick defense coming off a bye week. Um, I will take the Patriots minus three and a half. Yeah, I actually like that pick a lot. Uh, considering using the Patriots, which is wild for my survivor pick, I am thinking about it. Uh, Jacksonville versus Texans. Uh, I actually have Jacksonville winning this game. I know I've been high on the Texans all season long. I know, I I know. But but I am a little concerned with the interceptions from C.J. Stroud. I think he's on a little bit of a, uh, a little downer right now. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's regression, but I don't know if teams have, have found a little something with him. If he's trying to get a little too aggressive, because we mentioned all season long, he's a very aggressive quarterback, and that's why those interception numbers were, were so low. And I kept saying, man, he's not checking the ball down. He, he's very aggressive. And I do think the uh, defense of the Jaguars can make him make a mistake. And, and again, I've been down on Trevor Lawrence, the offense of the Jags, but I do think to an extent that may have been a jumping off game for them last week. Because they're they're really talented offensively, I think they're getting right. I just think it's a bad um, stretch that these two teams are meeting. I, you know, if they met in the playoffs, I don't know who I'd take. But I think in this game, I like the Jags. I like the Texans, but uh, I, I I'm not going to argue against their reasoning. Okay, uh, who do you have as far as the over under the the what's that called the over under the week? Yeah, or total bet of the week. Um, I like the Panthers Titans over 37, very low total 37. And I know about neither offense is good, but a total in the mid thirties, I think you need to have an elite defense, at least on one of the two teams. And as bad as the offenses are for both teams, the defenses are just as bad. Uh, the Panthers have the worst run defense in the NFL dead last and opponent rush EPA opponent success uh, per rush. Um, and the Titans like to run the football. So I think the Titans run the football successfully. And the Titans defense uh, is kind of bad everywhere, specifically through the air. So we could have a decent Bryce Young game as well. So uh, super low total, 37. Uh, I'll take the over on that. I like that one, but I like this one more. And that is a Saints-Falcons under 42 and a half. I'm sorry, man. I actually think both defenses no, are decent. Like, I think both defenses are actually okay. But the yeah. offenses, man, I don't know how much they can get going in this one. You know, 17-14 feels like a pretty good final score. Uh, if any team reaches 20, I would be fairly surprised. So I love the under 42 uh, and a half here. Yeah, I, I, I'd like that play quite a bit. All right. So my upset pick, just going off of what you said, I do think Bryce Young has a decent game against a pretty poor secondary of the Titans. Again, no Kevin Byard as he was traded. This is my upset pick. You made me go bold last week, and it paid off. I went Giants over Commanders. This week, I will be going bold again, going Panthers over Titans. I think the Panthers, with Bryce Young going to Adam Thielen, will have just enough to get it done.
Yeah, don't hate it. Um, Titans are a bad enough team that anybody could beat them in the, in the NFL, even the one-win Panthers. So uh, I won't argue too much about that. My upset pick of the week is a game we already talked about, Bills over Eagles. I like I'm, I've, 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 I The Eagles have forced my hand. I've become a hater. I, <laughs> I, take, I take no pride in it, but it is what it is. I, I will say, man – I want to pick the Bills. I, I really do because I've been on them all season long saying they're underrated. But as the Eagles just beat my Kansas City Chiefs, I don't want to come off as a hater. Okay? I can't come off as a hater because you know what that's like. I can't do that. I can't. I will, I will fall on that sword and I will be the hater for you. Uh, all right. Survivor. I'm somehow still alive and I have no idea how. And every week you win, your prize gets bigger. Um, so the teams you can't use, you can't use the uh, – I lost my spot here. You can't use the Commanders. You can't use the Bills. You can't use the Dolphins, 49ers, Lions, Rams, Seahawks, Chargers, Saints, Cowboys, or Jaguars. Huh. Well, you know a team you didn't mention, a team that just came off of a loss, a team that I've been saving, the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally using your hometown Chiefs, eh? I will use the Chiefs over the Raiders, and you have never said it more Canadian. <laughs> I think the Chiefs are a good, are a good player. Um the weakness of the Chiefs is the run defense and the Raiders have the worst run offense in the NFL this season. So, yeah. I think we're the getting, Chiefs back. We're getting close, but I'm getting a little nervous. I will say I've also yet to use the Eagles, but I was not going to use them this week against the Bills. I got to do some more reconnaissance and figure out the rest of the season how I'm going to try and break this down. But no use getting too cute. I wanted to go with the Patriots this week because I guarantee you I probably will not use them the rest of the season. But that game, yeah. I just – you know, you're this far along, you try and keep trucking, right? You worry about sure. week 13 and week 13, get past week 12 first. Sure. All right, Ian, this was fun. This was at Stacking the Box. Ian, keep that mustache going. I, th- I need to see it in December, Okay. I need to see that bad boy and see it in all of its glory. Get a Wilfred, or what's it? Wil, Wilfred? William Brimley? I don't know. No. That? no, you don't know that guy? The guy who was known for his mustache? Okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You're Canadian. You you wouldn't know that guy. Um, but I, basically what I'm saying is I think you have a, a glorious stash. That's all I'm saying. I might keep it. I might keep it past November. We'll see. But if you like this video, make sure to hit the like and subscribe. Make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Until next Tuesday, this was Stack in the Box. We are out.